would you look at Rick Warren differently if he was still doing the same thing, but you didn't know what he was doing? Would you look at him as some rich oh, guy? I 100% look at him differently because I know what he does with his money. So does that of force course. someone in ministry to be transparent about their giving in order to influence perception, to protect but see, them? I, I, but should it, though? I think, that and I think that's the question. Yeah, that's I think the question should it. Because, like, I, I mean, Rick Warren, that's, that's, he, he had the conviction with God. That doesn't make him any less or any more spiritual than anybody else. That's, like, if I tried to do that... Hey, what's up, guys? It's Elijah Shemende here, and I am here with the main man himself, David McDowell. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode. Ooh, okay, with the whisper. And uh, we're, should we whisper um, who our special guest slash co-host sometimes is, is? Is he special, though? Is he special? I don't know. You know why he's not special? Because he's not pro. <laughs> guys, I'm right here. Oh, 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 yeah. It's Micah James, y'all. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? It feels like Looks a like this is gonna, You guys are really excited about having me here, and uh, that, that, that excitement is, is bubbling inside dude, me right Dude, now. speaking of excitement, you know what I'm excited for? Have you seen the new Tom Hanks film on... Um, oh, uh, yeah. It's a Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Doesn't Tom dude, Hanks looks, do the best job really at selecting he, roles? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's oh, just yeah. like a genius with he it. It's like he literally shaped his perception as an actor. Just by the, just by the roles he chooses. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, 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 He's man. always the hero or something awesome, or so everyone loves him. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, like I, I went back a, and looked at his catalog, and I was like, holy smoke! Like this dude, I don't think he's missed, or if he has, it's been like, like rarely. Like you know what I mean? What's the one he did as the pilot where he took the Oh, uh, Sully Sullenberg. So, so good. Yeah. So good. I he saved the world seen. like six times. <laughs> you know. Apollo 13. I'm, man, dude, throw, I'm, throwback. I'm super excited. Did you guys actually, did you watch the, the I documentary? I, I, did, I, did I tell you about that one? No. Before I, Wait, what I did we talk? I did. Like the, the actual like uh, Mr. Rogers like documentary. Docu oh, you told me about it. I haven't watched it yet. Dude, I was choked up in it. Like it was like, I, I didn't even know he was a licensed minister. Oh, I didn't really? Know. Yeah, he was a licensed minister. Hmm. Like, dude, I guess I could see that now looking back. Yeah, that would make sense. And so, like, he it was, and they were being even coming back and talking about technology, which we're not going to be talking about today. But oh. like, it was in that day and time. He was like, uh, I would rather be like a licensed minister. I think he went to seminary. Is like, and my avenue is going to be like TV. Like, I want to mm -hmm. reach kids through TV, which was like, wow, like mind blowing at the time. So yeah. they the the church commissioned him as a minister, basically. To use television as a platform. Wow, like that's amazing. But like, he was an amazing man. Yep. Like yep. an amazing like. Well, you look at the cultural significance that he had. Oh I mean, my goodness! I loved Mr. Rogers. That. It was like the the puppets were like super cheap. Like you know, what I'm saying it's not like yeah. they didn't even like some yeah. of the puppets. Their mouths didn't even move. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. and like you could tell like there's obviously like a sock on his hand. And like you were still like I remember as a kid I was engaged. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Like he man, was, dude, he was he was your dad? Yeah, in a lot of ways, you know. Like, yeah, and he was he was so good of a person. Yeah, that that people would make up rumors like like oh, underneath yeah. his sweater, he's got like tattoos of like the kills that he had in yeah. Vietnam. And he was yeah. like, I've never been to Vietnam. <laughs> uh, if Tim Tebow was on Sesame Street. Oh my goodness, that is a. 
really good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like people make up rumors. He's got to have issues because yeah. he's too good of a person. But and like sometimes you, you just there's those people, right? Do you see that ball that he puts on for like uh, like kids with special needs? Yeah, it's just that's awesome. No, I mean that's crazy. Dude, it's amazing. Like that dude is such a, like so I I knew somebody who um was a cheerleader at the University of Florida mm-hmm. when when Tim Tebow was there, mm. and he was like, man, dude. Like, dude had it rough. Like, he would, um, like, standing around, um, like, going through campus or whatever, and somebody like, let me take a picture with you. And so, like, he would be like, okay. Like, and then, like, a girl would, like, pull up her shirt, try to flash so that she could be in the picture with Jeez. him flashing to catch him doing so. So he would literally Jeez. be, like, as he's trying to be nice, he's, like, running away from people. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, like, people are just trying to, like, oh destroy the, like, oh and he never, like, complained. You never, never hear him tell it. those stories yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it was just, like, and, like, people who knew him, they're like, like no, he's genuinely that good. Of, he's, like, he's a good. So I was like, man, I'm homeschooling my child. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing, man? Like, yeah, I, I think all the homeschoolers that I know. Oh, are I forgot. Like that, so. David was well, you were. That's yeah, a whole other discussion. Uh, Mr. Rogers. Rogers what we talk about next Mr. Rogers was Tebow, a homeschooled, homeschooled, was he? Who? Rogers was a homeschooled? It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. He's a good person. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are we talking about today? <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah. Tom oh, Hanks and. Tom Hanks and uh, I just that was such a great Mr. Rogers lead. neighborhood and I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so, like you, you know what that was? Off your chest that you, want to talk about. you know what that was, David? What? That was a pro am. That was a pro am move. That was a pro am move. I'm two for two right now. You are two for two. You'll never hear the first one. But I feel like we were supposed to have a podcast about something, and then you're just oh, decided, yeah. like, hey, you know what? I've been wanting to talk about Well, you had a question for Micah, for didn't you? Yeah, Micah, what are you wearing on your feet? I'm just wearing shoes. Really? Yeah. What kind of shoes? <laughs> <laughs> nice shoes Really, really nice shoes Micah, have you ever heard about preachers and sneakers? Oh my god <laughs> About five minutes before he said Oh wow well, Today we're going to talk about how What's preachers and sneakers? That sounds interesting <laughs> Let me get my puppets <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Elijah, why don't you explain what preachers so, and sneakers so are? So preachers and sneakers is this really, really interesting kind of um, internet wave that just happened for like a blink of a second for about a few months ago. Um, there was a guy who started uh, an Instagram account and uh, he, he would basically put up like some of your popular preachers like Chad Veach or Judah Smith or Tim Tebow. Or, <laughs> not Tim Tebow. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a rumor. I'm sorry. Uh, or Judah Smith or whoever else, or, or, you know. Um, and he would like then put like the cost of what their sneakers actually was <laughs> like you know it's so like you had sneakers which were like man something like twenty five hundred dollars yeah. three thousand five thousand dollars more than stuff my like first that. two cars combined <laughs> and so like he would he was posting them and so like this caught on attention because people like didn't know right and so then like you had like a back and forth with like chad veach who like dm this guy was like hey man like you should take my my picture down it's like because you don't really know like my I actually and this was like he, he wrote him a message he's like like people actually gave me the stinkers I didn't buy them so like it's what you're 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 giving off like a false per- picture and so the guy instead of like replying back to him he posts the, he posts the, the DM on the pictures of sneakers and so like and it, it makes just, Chad look 
not yeah, the greatest. It's not not the, he should have ignored him. But yeah. like but but then like I think a conversation sparked that's always been in the background of like people's minds is like ch- church and money and why that is such a sensitive topic. Mm. Right? I think actually as you're just saying this, I think what also would be interesting is how do you how do you respond to criticism? That would be an interesting podcast too. Mm. Cause like that's almost another part of this. We well. just yeah. went meta. We just podcast a podcast about podcast a podcast. That's what we do. Surgeon calls for everybody. So come on, deep thinkers. Welcome to the future. So okay, so let's. Why don't we start with okay? So everyone, um, let's just. What's your bank account? How much is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Pretty not much. looking good. <laughs> so I can't afford a five thousand dollars. Let's be transparent. <laughs> that's what. Let's get up. We were getting really deep earlier. We're gonna get even deeper. Really, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm broke. You can uh, I haven't, <laughs> you I haven't can donate money to, to uh, <laughs> Elijah Shemenda. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I think. I think. I think when we talk about this this conversation about like money, like I think those of us which grew up in a church, like it's it's always been a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you have the the like a few years ago, uh, everybody knows who Creflo Dollar is. Like, you know, this is a big, you know, um, word of faith preacher. Like everybody knows his name. Like he got really famous again because he went on uh, TV asking for $64 million for uh, a, a, to upgrade his private jet. Mm. Um, and then this year, I think Jesse Duplantis did the same thing um, where he was asking for that. And then a couple of weeks ago, you had the Inside Edition thing expose, which Copeland. which posted Copeland's thing, where he was caught talking about like he didn't want to be in a, a regular, he didn't want to fly commercial because there was all those demons in that tube right in there, those demons, you know. And so he, that's why he needed to buy Tyler Perry's jet because like it, it could, was a good deal though. It was he a was good. It was it was. I mean, that's an it's a bargain, deal. bargain shop. Yeah, right? I mean, that's it. I bought, a, I bought a chili dog at Nathan's, <laughs> and that was a good deal. I don't know if uh, buying I, I Tyler Perry's jet. I don't think a chili dog street. is a good deal. I don't. <laughs> it was a good deal for my wife, I'll tell you that. You know what I'm saying? She suffered the repercussions, but. Well, now we're all suffering the repercussions. But, like, man, it's here's the thing. Like, this conversation. Like, I feel like it's another one that the church, like, minimizes, skips over. And so, like, you have some churches which are on one end of the spectrum, which, like, like basically, like, shrink their budget and they don't pay their people because they're so afraid of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And so you have people which are breaking their necks, right, working crazy hours and are not getting paid well. Working um, at Bed Bath and Beyond. Working at Bed Bath <laughs> and Beyond. And then you have... Wow, that and then, but like strangely they, personal. They have the, the budget... <laughs> To be able to pay for these people, right? And then, but like, then you have, um, you know, like people which are like living lavish lives and driving Bentleys. And then, like, people are just like, well, how is this supposed to work? Like, I, and I feel like pastors don't have a good conversation, good like idea about it, even though like yeah. it's, there's like all the scripture is, you know what I'm saying, trying to show us what to do. We're just like, well, I don't know. Like, well, because I mean, Jesus lived more like a homeless man and, and the, and the country that we live in than, than, than you know, like how we live. live. Yeah. Let me say that again because I feel like I, I mess, Jesus lived more like a homeless man in our country than we do. 
right? Like his lifestyle, his, when he lived mm-hmm. in the first century AD would look more like a homeless person in mm-hmm. our culture than we look like Jesus in his culture. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I'm going to 100% stand by that, but like, <laughs> but like is, is that not kind of true? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, we'll put the, we'll no, the jury's I, out on that one. It's, uh, it, it's, what, what, is that, what is that look? Is, is it wrong to have money and be in ministry? I think I want to address David's heresy there for a second. How is that heresy? No, I'm, just I'm just joking. I don't. In I, order I don't to be know, a Christian, like, you have to be homeless. I'm no, pretty sure that's what I heard. Well, the Jesus had no place to lay his head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just because like first century AD is obviously not as wealthy as we are today. Yeah. And we live yeah. in the country that's like. So in comparison, you know, in co- in, right in yeah, comparison. comparison. So, so we use this con- we use this uh, analogy off the air where we talked about like so for Elon Musk to buy a Bentley, right? Right? Is that using his money wisely or not wisely? Or if we're talking about relatively, as far as like for me to buy like a Camry, it like is the same for like Elon Musk right. to buy like a Bentley. Like I can afford to buy like you know a Toyota Camry. He can afford to buy that, and it doesn't break the bank. So no. like you know what I mean? Should so. Should should ministers should people in ministry be conscious of that decision or p- conscious of that perception, and should uh, a church member process through those decisions the same way? I would say they should process it through Who? the same way. Like I think I oh. think both the congregation and the pastor need to think about their money as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. But I think what happens is we vilify the pastor when the congregation is doing the thing that the pastor is doing. We just vilify the pastor. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. I, I 100% agree with that. Like, if the pastor, uh, like, let's say he saves up his money, he, he's using it, he's, he's not misusing it, like, you know, he's, he's, he's tithing, you know, he's, he's, he's putting some money away, and then he goes and buys something really nice, mm-hmm. right, that, like, you know, and because he's been saving up for, like, 10 years or whatever— Right, using his money wisely, he's 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 being a good believer, a good follower of Jesus, and then somebody comes in and says like, "Well, Pastor, why do you have that nice thing?" Mm. Like, yeah. well, that's and and that's where I think like the line becomes hazy because it's like, so what are you saying? Like, I can't have something nice, right. like you know right. what I mean? Right. And then, but like on the flip side of that is like people like especially in like uh, being someone who's been in an African-American community, I have friends which are pastors and African-American. Um, you know, I'm, I'm African, not just African-American, but I, yeah, I am African who grew up in America, so I guess I am African. But, um, like, I'm, I'm being, being someone, <laughs> it's okay, it's a black thing. Uh, being someone um, who, who has been in those spaces, I know sometimes in uh, the predominantly black church, the, the idea is that the blessings flow from the head down. And so like, it doesn't matter if I'm in a bad situation, even financially, in some cases, I'm not, this is not obviously, I'm not generalizing, but I'm just saying I've been in some churches and I've seen it very predominant in that space is that like those, you know, like people will just give and give and give. And so the pastor is like, it's like, it's part of incumbent on him to, to have like, you know what I'm saying, really nice things. Hmm. And it's like, okay, if he's blessed, then we're blessed. And so, like, there's also the flip side of that that's where a, people are yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we want to see that stuff. Like, we want to see that happen because, and, and, like, if they're blessed. And part of it, I mean, just a quick history lesson. Like, part of it goes back to, like, even days of slavery. 
and like you know um, the 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 pastor was the basically the go go between between the slave master and the slave. So if there was any type of uh, you know situation that needed to be addressed or any needs or whatever, like the the pastor would go and kind of speak on their behalf. So then what happens is like man, if we see like man the the pastor doing well mm-hmm. or whatever, like that that also means well on us. So like some of that is also like generational or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not just saying black churches do this predominantly. I'm just telling you as like as far as like specifically my experiences like kind of seeing some of that play out Hmm. i I do think like you know um man like there is this double standard and i've said this to micah the other day when we were actually kind of talking about this is i I don't even know if that the double standard is wrong Hmm. like you know what i'm saying like it's weird so explain explain that yeah I, i like there's what's the double standard the double standard is that like i can save money and I can I can do things which are right with my finances and then I can go do what I, I need to do because I worked hard for it mm-hmm. but the pastor who is equally also working as hard there's a phone call um, God? Lord, is that you? <laughs> I have something to say. <laughs> I have something to say on the subject. Got a guest, uh, I, uh, a guest call crazy. in like, uh, right off the bat here. Uh, the Lord is like, uh, so all of you guys are wrong. <laughs> but, um, Listen to my son. But what David said was kind of right. He's <laughs> like, David said Jesus was homeless. And yeah. so, like, that is correct. Like, yeah. like, so that was, but anyways, so, uh, but, like, the pastor can work hard. Right. He can he can do all those those different things. And and part of it is because sometimes I think parishioners don't see what elders, pastors do. So they don't necessarily perceive it as being hard work. So they just think like, oh, you're just sitting there taking money. So like like the pastor shouldn't like have something nice. Right. And so particularly what what you, you tend to see is like pastors at the end of their careers, like buy like something extravagant, like um, what was it? Those. Big home vans or whatever what they call RVs, them? RVs or yep. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, they end up they end up getting that, and the people are like, "Oh, he's retired now." Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, well, he, if he got an RV when you were right, no. like, would that have been wrong? And, and again, there's that that weird tension. Yeah, that, that I think sits. So it's both sides. Like, so so is that the the person who's looking at that situation? Is it their issue, or is it the pastor's issue? Like, what what is the right? What is the right answer, or what is the right way to look at it? See, I think I think with this conversation, I almost want to say everyone's wrong, and it's it's the cultural way that we think about money that is the most wrong. Hmm. Explain that a little bit. Yeah. You... So, like, I, I think it sounds intelligent. I, didn't it? Didn't it? Let me explain it, and and we'll we'll talk about why it wasn't. Um, no, because I think because of the affluence that we have been born into in in America, we think about money a certain way. And I think that way we think about money is wrong. Like we, we, you know, our culture, you know, promotes like you gotta get, gotta get, have all this stuff. You gotta have like nice stuff, and it projects this, you know, image that we try to attain. And so I think, I think we think about money differently than someone, you know. I don't, I don't even know. I don't because I, I haven't been to those cultures, so I wouldn't even know. But you could, you could imagine that people would think differently about money if they didn't have any. Of course mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. Right, because yeah. you know, you, we went from like an agricultural. You know, that's, you know, the history of the world was agricultural and now it's information and now it's like all this stuff. So I think I think everyone in America thinks about money wrong. I just think the culture that we have, because it's so affluent, like affords us the the ability to think that way. No, no, I agree. I mean, by far, we are the richest 
like country in the world like you know say by far like as far as like per person like I, they there was some kind of stat or report or whatever that came out about this like you're you're like the fact that you know the average person has more than a, a one pair of shoes like mm-hmm. puts you in a different like bracket than than most people in the world like you know what i mean the fact that we most of us have like a roof over our head now it's not saying that there's not poverty in the united states but like are able to have at least one meal a day right that so like we think about like the our movements become different when you're when between like having to say like hey today i'm i may not eat or i need to save so that i can have at least a couple of meals through the week for us to say like hey like man I'm trying to be on a diet because, like, I eat too much, so I'm not going to eat today or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there's two different mindsets. Or I'm just going to mm-hmm. eat salads. You know, I'm just going to go to Panera Bread. I'm going to go to Core right. Life. <laughs> the, like, the amount which is of like, affluence. Oh, that's a, that place is a ripoff, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, you pay so much money for that crap. Sounds like a lot it's of experience coming great. out right now. Yeah, right dude, now. Been so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just think the amount of affluence even affords us to have this conversation. Yeah. So... Does God bless with money? Can, will God bless you with money? Can God bless you I, with I money? I think the money thing goes back to, like, it's the same thing as technology. It's a tool. Like, and that's, that's what Jesus is talking about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it, it's a, t- a tool that could burn down the house or that can build, out, build up the house. Well, let's, let's, I think, I think our, our, maybe our closest biblical analogy to that would be Solomon when, the, you know, the Lord's like, hey, what do you want? And he, he asks for wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then Solomon give, or God gives Solomon riches, and what he gave him something else. He gave him riches, what, fame, fame. Yeah. So he he got he asked for wisdom. He got fame and, and riches, mm-hmm. and then with that, he spends twice as long building his house than he does the temple. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that's probably the closest we are. Like, like cultural wealth is like we are the most like Solomon out of. Probably anyone. Yeah. Maybe maybe David, whatever. But like the kings. So part of the Abrahamic covenant too, though, was that God was going to bless Abraham financially as well. Right. So there is biblical precedent for God blessing people with money. Um, but I think the stretch comes then when we start to define how blessed we are based on money. Right. right. So like God can bless you with money. But it's not a definition if you're blessed, if you have money or not. Right. So can God bless you with money? Sure. Can God bless you without money? Sure. Right? Like, it, it's, yeah. it, it's not a definition. It's a tool that right. God can bless you with, but it's not necessarily a definition of blessing. But, but we're also mandated, like, with that wealth is, is to be external. Like, the point of Israel was to be, you know. On display. On display, which... I mean, and a blessing to other nations. Right. Yeah. So well, you're you're blessed and you can enjoy that blessing as long as you're doing blessing? See, and, and I think this is oh, I where I don't it, know. it gets it gets a little f- hazy, right? Because like again, when you when we when we talk about pastors, right? Like I, I kind of to go back to some of these guys which were stuck on the old preachers and sneakers thing, like these guys have you know, they go out and preach and they get paid to preach um some of them crazy amounts of money like i i heard one pastor saying he gets twenty thousand dollars every time he preaches somewhere which is which is nuts which is nuts but like that's it's that's what he said he's on video so yeah but um 
But these guys, some of them are New York Times bestselling authors. You know how much money you get becoming a New York Times bestselling author? Your book like, costs twenty dollars. So you crazy. sold a million of them. Exactly. Yeah, do the math really. It's so like yeah, I know the publisher gets a cut, but the more books you sell, the more leverage you have in that contract. So you're exactly. Making more off the books too. Which and is- so like, I mean, let, let me give you an example. Like, so there's there's two different ways to go about that, right? Like, you know, you can you can keep it all to yourself, or you can be like. Um, um, Rick Warren, yeah, who, who every yeah. year or every whatever, like raise increase their giving. like giving by like a percent, like either it's one percent or half a percent or whatever. Like I think he's like over ninety percent, and he says like I still haven't outgiven God. Yeah, like and like dude, like the like purpose driven life is like the second best selling book of all time. You know what the number one is? The no, Bible. Like, so, like, so here's a question. So, then. Here's a question. Then, so do, would you look at Rick Warren differently if he was still doing the same thing, but you didn't know what he was doing? Would you look at him as some rich oh, guy? I 100% look at him differently because I know what he does with his money. So does that of force course. someone in ministry to be transparent about their giving in order to influence perception to protect but see, them? I, but should it though? I think that. And I think that's the question. Yeah, that's I think the question should to. it because like I. I mean, Rick Warren, that's, that's, he, he had the conviction with God. That doesn't make him any less or any more spiritual than anybody else. That's, like, if I tried to do that, like, and God didn't put that on, on my life, like, yeah. then, like, you know what I'm saying, then I'm outside the will of God, and it's not yeah. going to work out for me like it worked out for Rick Warren, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, like, my, my issue is that when we try to put that on, a, like, on, on like a, a pedestal and say, like, that's the way that we should act, or parishioners put that on a pedestal and say, like, that's the way they should act, as if, like, man, dude, dude A over here, which got blasted on Preachers and Sneakers podcast, right, is freaking, like, unholy and, mm-hmm. and doesn't love Jesus and all that different stuff, like, like to me, like that's, I don't think that's fair because yeah. you don't know what where his his place is, and I don't know if I have to show you every dime that I spend to yeah. be considered someone who loves Jesus just as much as Rick Warren does. Yeah, you know. So I I had a conversation with my my uncle. Um, my 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 uncle uh, um, is a salesman, so he's um, you know he's a salesman that. Um, it's doing really well. He got this new product this month, and it's it's he's like killing it. So he's getting uh, way more money now. I mean, I, I'm not gonna throw numbers out there right now, but uh, you know, he's just making like crazy amounts of money each month because this new product line is going super well. So we've had a conversation. We actually just had a conversation recently. He's always, you know, he's always driven uh, a Ford Taurus, a Chevy Malibu, Chevy Cruze, right? These standard, like the most popular car that's out on the streets. He gets that car and drives that car. And he says it's an intentional decision, you know, even though he's doing well, uh, that he doesn't want to uh, put out the perception that he's doing really well, right? He wants to pull up as the average person so that it doesn't influ- negatively influence if he pulls up in like a Mercedes, people might be like, oh, look, and look at him like a different way. So he wants to look average when he pulls up, so he gets the vehicle. So he then, he then kind of said, you know, and we were kind of talking, he's like, and you're in ministry, I think you should do the same thing. You know, like you should never have a vehicle or live a standard of living that's above the average standard of living in your, in your church. And so that's, that's what kind of got me thinking like, oh, that's, you know, that's an interesting, interesting perspective, perspective. But then I kind of came to the pack where, well, really that just comes down to perception. It comes down to the way that you're perceived. If you're perceived to be living at a certain standard, then, well, then that's okay. 
And so while it has been abused, and we kind of talked about some of those cases early in the podcast, David kind of brought up earlier too that it kind of falls, the responsibility falls on both sides of, of the equation too because if we can sit here, now he's doing super well, he's got this uh, big farm, lots of animals raising, you know, raising, doing house remodels, house additions, like mm-hmm. he's got tons of money, all this stuff. Okay, so you could think of my uncle as a certain way. Now what if I told you he was the biggest fundraiser and he was personally responsible for the most number of wells drilled in Uganda from Uganda Water Project, that specific organization. Well, if I tell you he's the biggest, you know, he's a fundraiser and organizer, and he, he's responsible for so many more wells individually than almost anyone else in, in, in the organization. Oh, well, now do you look at him differently? Because he's either doing wealthy and just spending on himself, or is he wealthy and, oh, now he's doing something with that wealth. And so does it force the person in that position to, um, you know, into the corner of I have to reveal how giving I am in order to keep your um, perceptions from going awry towards me. Maybe. So I protect you and I protect me, Yeah. but then it brings in the scripture like, hey, don't, don't you know, Don't let your left hand know what you're right. Yeah, but like maybe because models, like, yeah. I think also some of that is like being in community, right? Like, like is it our job? Like I was thinking about it as you were saying, like maybe it's, it, maybe, maybe I'll backtrack on what I said before and say like, like, when we're in community, is it our job to be able to speak to our brother and sister and say, like, hey, man, like, how are you using your finances? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it, like, are you, is it in a biblical, is it a biblical way? Are you, like, it's not wrong for you to buy that thing, but, like, right. maybe, like, you know, you should use it better? I don't know. What I thought was interesting is I was listening to another podcast. Um, what? Only only occasional. Uh, Pod adultery. Like, <laughs> I, listen, it was just there on the side of the road, and like I didn't know what to do. <laughs> no, no, there's this. So it was, it was our uh, the good friend of the show, John Mark Homer. <laughs> friend of the podcast. What's funny is that he's gonna, he's gonna actually. I, I believe that he's gonna be on the show one time, and he's gonna actually listen when he's and we're like. What? <laughs> you legit were the whole time. Nobody believed us. Well, I mean, we we've had one-sided conversations. Yeah, I've listened. That's, that's right. Uh, that's, well, anyway, well, I actually talked to him. So well, we did. We, we do have a picture. Name <laughs> dropper. All right, all right. That's enough. Um, no, but but he said that in his community group there are there's like three or four guys, and every year they all get together and do their finances together. And that was like the first time I'd ever heard of that. Mm. I was like, wow, what an interesting concept. So to like make it make the, the conversation more micro, because I think if you're not inside that community and right, none of us are inside the kind of churches that we're talking about with the kind of pastors who are making you right. know, the millions of dollars. So we can look as an observer and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But then on the micro level, like when, when we have our finances, like are we being accountable yeah. to our community? Which I think is, is the more interesting, more practical conversation rather than like, hey, this person makes a lot of money. Yeah. You know, like they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Right, they, they it, need to do something different. But let me ask you a question, like should, like to, to piggyback off of that, like is being responsible to our community also, also putting a cap on what we, we mm, bring in? You know what I'm saying? Do we oh, bring do we in? yeah, what we bring in. Do we say like, yeah, I, I could make a million dollars, but I'm gonna cap myself at like whatever, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand because like, you know, like for whatever reason, like, you know, I am in the church, I'm working and serving these people, 
Like, you know what I mean? Do we do we restrict what how much money that we make and is that more biblical or or whatever? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's an that's an individual conversation of like your ability to handle wealth. Like if you're if you're like I could make a million dollars but I would handle it so poorly. Hmm. Then I don't then you should maybe cap yourself. Isn't that whole maybe let's go a little bigger on that too. Last week we talked about with technology isn't the answer not avoidance from it. It's simply education and learning how to manage it, like maturing it. You know, so w- wouldn't it look like instead of avoiding that, like, hey, let's figure out how to do this well. well I I I agree with you. I I 100% agree with you, and I I don't think it's avoidance. Hmm. But I think scripture definitely scripture is not doesn't tell us to be against money but it definitely gives us enough to to tell us that to warn us off of of like anything that would be around that space where money like that the love of money money could start existing you know what i'm saying and so like like i i I do think I, i think this is where it really starts getting gray like, you know, we were talking about gray areas before. This oh, yeah. is where it really starts getting gray because I, I get it. Like, th- there shouldn't be this, like, rejection of, like, man, like, or, like, poverty, the poverty gospel is just the other side of the... The, the prosperity gospel. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Of the yeah, pendulum. Right. It, it's just as unbiblical as, you know, the prosperity. Like, right. But, like, man, like, God is very specific about, like, like, man, especially in the New Testament, how we are to carefully walk that line. Now, Ah, it's, 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 it, this is this is where I think it gets tough, and I can understand the outrage when someone says like, "Hey, like we should be in a jet." You're like, "Okay, the jet uh, the jet's too too big, all right." Well, I want to buy a Bentley then. Oh, okay, the Bentley's too much. Well, then, well, I want to buy a 2019 Chevy Tahoe. I'm saying that because that's what I keep trying to tell my <laughs> wife. Um, and she, and and she's like, "Well, why can't you get it?" 2015 well, well why in what place is okay mm-hmm. like you know what i'm where saying like where lines? where is yep. the line yep. and i think that's again we have not done a good job of having these conversations and when people have had the opportunity yeah right like they have not gone done i think maybe the best job of like using their wealth i think the church is not we are also living in a day and time where we have celebrity pastors. Yeah. And, and so, like, we also, which, that's a weird thing to say, Isn't honestly. It? Isn't it? Like, I mean, I've said it before, but, like, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing that, because, you know, I, so I'm, some, I'm sure some people, like, wanted that, right, and went after that. I'm yeah. sure other people just kind of found themselves there, yeah. you know, and like, okay, well, what right, do I do right. with, like, I don't want that I didn't ask for this like you know mm-hmm. so it'd be an interesting thing to kind of to kind of see but I think like that's where that 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 figuring out where that line is and isn't it aren't we revealing that really culture is what or society is what is actually setting that line because as right. people look at society around them they have this gauge you know like anytime a politician has a debate about the rich or taxes right you start to see oh this is where that line is this is how we classify wealthy this is un- anything under this is not wealthy Right, so isn't society then influencing the church into what is acceptable and what is unacceptable, and is that wrong? Maybe that's not even wrong mm-hmm. because you're a part of your society, you're a part of your culture, or maybe it is. Maybe they shouldn't be dictating to the church how to do that. Okay, so uh, as we, man, I'm I'm really bummed because we're we're coming to a close. I feel like we were just hitting our sweet spot right here, but as we kind of start wrapping this 
wrapping this 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 idea this this thought up what what are some <laughs> what are some 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 takeaways that you could say like man even just through this conversation as you're thinking about it like that you would say like you can give someone like if someone was to hear this like this is how maybe the church and the and like the pastor should like think about this 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 topic this is how i think about it whatever like we'll just go around the room um michael we'll start it off with you first yeah i think i think um <laughs> i think from a, a pastor's a pastor's heart should be for for his people right yeah. and so i think that has to be Otherwise, you're doing the wrong job. You're, you're, you're in the wrong spot. And so I think the heart position for anyone who's in that physical office position, that, that has to be their heart position. If their heart position isn't there, then we have more fundamental problems. But for anyone whose heart position is there and is in that office, yep. they, there's going to be a, a, a level of like, hey, I, I hurt when these people hurt. Um, I want to help these people when I can. And I think that has to be the, the framework or the, um, the environment in which these decisions are made. And so I, I think if, if that's your, your care, I think there's, there's something that doesn't sit quite right if you know there's somebody hurting in your community that, um, and then you're kind of off doing, doing this, this other thing. It doesn't mean you don't have nice things and just giving people money isn't always the best thing for them, right? There's, there's right. so, poverty's a way more, I mean, how many people have figured this out who have started charitable uh, organizations? Even um, Bono from U2 has figured this out now. He's like, sometimes the worst thing you can do is if give people in poverty money. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. It ends up destroying them. So if, now that doesn't mean we don't give money, right? But When Helping Hurts is a, is a great book to read on that, yeah, that idea. Yeah, so. yeah, that's good. So, so it, it, it's not as simple as, as money, um, but I think there, there has to be a, a consciousness and awareness of that. And I think if, if the heart of the, the leader, the minister, is in the right place, um, and hopefully the culture is being set as far as, hey, this is giving. This is how we use this tool of money. Um, you know, and, and I think if you preach both sides of that and you say, hey, like, like these are the people in Scripture that God specifically blessed. Hey, because you are obedient to me, I'm blessing you with fin fin finances. I'm blessing you with these things. So it's yeah. not bad, but our heart, first of all, is to, is to give and help support. I think, it, it, like anything, I guess it it's, starts with education. It starts with talking about it yeah. and, and getting the word out. It's never going to be perfect, right? Even Jesus said there's always going to be poor among you, right? So it's, it's never going to be perfect, and we're never going to have this perfect dynamic. I could think it's if we continue to stretch after that ideal. So it's a really long-winded answer, but okay. is that practical enough? Maybe that's not practical enough. No, no, I think that's, I think that's good. David, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I was prepared for this, too. <laughs> Sorry, did I mess you up? No, it was it was good. Um, yeah, some practical handles. Well, I, I mean, I can't really speak a lot from experience. I mean, because I'm, you know, freshly out of college, so, you know. So you're rolling in it right now, baby. <laughs> I've, I've had so Never much. gets better than this. That's right. That's what they tell me. Um, but I know, I know just some of the, some of the, the interesting things that I've learned. Well, I thought that one, you know, doing your finances – I mean, I don't have finances to do, but if I did have, <laughs> if I did have finances to do, I think it would be really interesting to do that amongst my community yeah. or, or with, you know, whatever, three or four different people be like, hey, this is what I make and this is what I'm going to spend it on. And like, I think he said also in that, like any purchase above a thousand dollars, they had to get approval 
So I've seen that go wrong too. Yeah. I know we're, we're near the end too, but especially yeah. during the, like, was it the seventies and eighties, the discipleship movement, you know, the dates on that. I don't know if anyone knows the dates on that, but yeah. the discipleship movement. And I'm, I'm aware of uh, some specific situations in which that was kind of abused where it was yeah. like, Hey, can I go buy this? No. Okay. Well, I won't buy it then. You know, it's like, right. but anyway, but, it, yeah. but does it mean it's bad? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're coming up with at the end of this podcast. We we're don't know. trying to give people definitive answers, and our definitive answer is uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, that, is that your thoughts on it? Yeah. I've well, thought, I kind of cut them off. I mean, that, but. you can get your thoughts from someone who knows much more than I do. So, um, I, I don't. I, I guess. Well, let's let's wrap it up like this. I think, for me, when I when I think about this conversation. Um, I think about what I think about is Micah just tried to take uh, my phone out of my hands. I told you on the last podcast that I, I don't, I don't, Death grip. I don't go anywhere without my phone. <laughs> but anyways, no, I, I think here, here, here is the thing that as ministers of the gospel, right? Um, and and listen, everybody has a part to play. Nobody's job is more important than than anybody else's. Right. Nobody's gift is more important than anybody mm-hmm. else's. I scripture though does say that there are certain there's certain things that come with responsibilities that come with uh, certain gifts and certain gifts will be judged, judged harder. Right. And so um, I think as, as ministers of the gospel in, in this vein of that you are helping to lead a congregation and serve a congregation to Jesus, I think we have to be very, very mindful Mm-hmm. Right on how we proceed, especially when it comes to a thing like finances, mm-hmm. because there are people which will naturally follow, right, uh, and there are people which will respond um, uh, in in opposition against by the way that we do those things. And so our job in Scripture is not to be a stumbling block. Now it doesn't mean that there won't be people which will find like an issue here and there, but I, I do think like. Our job as ministers of the gospel, which are helping to serve and lead a congregation, is that we have to be mindful. And I think context matters. I think being open with our community, not trying to hide things Hmm. like matters. And then in that, just being wise, man. Like if you're in a congregation, if you're in the inner city and you're serving someone in the inner city and you're pulling up to a church with a Bentley, that just doesn't make sense. Mm. That doesn't make sense. But that also doesn't mean if you're in a church with, which was full of millionaires and you pull up in a Bentley, that makes sense. Mm. But here's the thing. It would make more sense to that congregation, mm. right? So mm. like I think just being wise and then also saying like, like what you talked about in the beginning, David, is like are we being – are we being givers? Like, like God gives to us so that we give to others. Like, mm-hmm. that's the way. It should never be like, you know, it shouldn't be closed, like a closed fist. Like, mm-hmm. our hands should always be open. So that, and because our hands are open, God will continue to give, yeah. right? And so we can give more. So, I mean, that's where I see that. I think, like, all of us kind of said that, that same thing. And that's, I kind of, I, I feel like that's where I land on it. Yeah. So. As, as ministry leaders, too, spe- specifically, I think. Uh, having people around you that can kind of speak into, you know, uh, those people that you trust that, um, you know, have your best interest at, at heart and allowing them to, to speak into it. Cause you know, people are always going to criticize you for stuff, you know, like yeah. it, it, if you're, if you're there, if you're leading, if you're doing anything, there's going to be criticism against it, you know? And so, you know, anytime being in ministry, there's criticisms of, of how you use your time, how you use your energy, how you do it. Like everyone wants you to do it differently than the way that you're actually doing mm-hmm. it. And so there's a level of, okay, I'm not going to, 
and, and engage in that or you know what people are going to say what they're going to say and I'm not going to worry about that and then there's the people around you that say hey you know that yeah actually you probably are you know you probably do need to do this better or something like that and I think there's going to be criticisms no matter how much you spend or don't spend no matter how much you give or don't give of people saying this and people saying that it kind of comes with the territory and I think um, while we don't ignore it or, or um, you know try not to address it necessarily I think to carry that uh, could be dangerous as well. Man, I, I think that's a that's a great last there word. There it is. Yeah, man, that's 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 well said, Micah. No man, dude, appreciate you coming again. Um, obviously, you'll hear Micah uh, uh, on the podcast uh, over and over again. Um, and so it's just yeah, it's but just, he's not a host. He's not a host. <laughs> he's not a host. I got demoted. I said he was a. I said he was a special guest. Special guest slash co-host. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a co-host that only gets brought in as a guest. Wow. <laughs> Now you're never gonna come back. <laughs> be thankful. Down. Be thankful for the the the, the time slots that you do get. It, you know? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, anyways. No, it's been a blast, guys. For real, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome cool. to just kind of sit down and wrestle through some of these things. I think it's uh, an awesome platform that you guys kind of provide for uh, your resurgence church, and it's just a blast whenever uh, whenever we're able to sit down and wrestle through some stuff. Yeah, man. God is God is always sits on the throne is always in these conversations we always want to remind you that like sometimes I know we talk about weighty stuff and it feels like, like what is happening here like <laughs> but God is on the throne and so we just want to say you know we love you but God loves you more we'll see you next time bye guys